Hello, and welcome to the Quantum Realm, where we break down the movies and shows of the Marvel Cinematic Universe piece by piece in release order. Together, we'll celebrate the stories, moments, and characters that we've come to know and love. My name is Jacob Devlin, and for this podcast, I will be your watcher, your guide through these vast new realities. Let's try a short little experiment. Close your eyes for just a second, and I want you to try to think about your very first Marvel memory. Who was the very first character you ever learned about? Was it the Incredible Hulk? One of the Fantastic Four? Maybe it was Storm or Cyclops? Now I'm wondering how you found out about them. Did you read a comic book? Did you watch a Saturday morning cartoon? Did you wander the mystic and enchanted aisles of Target and see a bunch of Spider-Man birthday decorations? Now, I'm willing to bet your very first memory of Marvel may not come very easily to you, even if you're a diehard fan. And if you have your answer, it's probably not the same as mine, or your best friends, or your aunt and uncles. And if you did grow up watching the Spider-Man cartoon like your cousin did, Spider-Man probably meant something just a little bit different to each of you. For one person, it's empowering to see an awkward science geek become a total badass every time he suits up. For another, Spider-Man does the right thing, even when it's difficult, and maybe that speaks to you. And honestly, who just doesn't love Tom Holland? But maybe for you, Spider-Man isn't even Peter Parker. Maybe for you, it's Miles Morales. Or maybe it's Spider-Gwen, the ghost spider. And those characters speak to different pieces of your identity. For me, this exercise has taken a couple of weeks, just trying to pin down my earliest memory of Marvel's existence. For myself and for a lot of people that I talk to, there's this film of dust that we need to blow away from that memory because it kind of feels like we were just born knowing about Spider-Man, some innate awareness of this character injected into our brains before we were born, and it's a thing that we accepted. But that can't be the case, right? Our knowledge of these characters had to start somewhere. So I've been searching my memories as far back as I can go in 31 years of life. And the best guess that I have for myself is that my love for Marvel started with the Nintendo NES. So in the 90s, they released a little video game called Wolverine. This was a platformer starring a character who would come to be my favorite member of the X-Men. I had trouble sounding out his name, so as a toddler, I just knew the game as X-Man. I think it might have been the first video game I ever played. I never did beat it. It was really hard, and I had to watch someone else on YouTube beat it years later. That was mildly disappointing. But man, I loved that stupid little game, which was one of the first things that I would gravitate to when I started going to school, getting my homework done. And then I would come to love waking up on Saturday mornings and watching the X-Men cartoons. Sometimes my mom would go rent the VHS tapes, and I would watch them, I would pause them during the opening credits, and I would try to draw each individual character. Sometime after the movie came out in theaters, I was about nine years old, and I asked for a pocket-sized notebook from a convenience store. I remember that I had this wizard on the cover. He was standing on some psychedelic planet, but it wasn't Doctor Strange. I just remember filling every single line with X-Men fanfiction. Now, I can't remember the plot of that fanfiction, but this moment was very important for me because it's one of the first times I can really remember getting lost in my writing, the same way that I could get lost in a book and slip away from the real world for a while. It felt a lot like I was one of Marvel's characters of my own with a cool power to slip out of reality, make a movie in my head, and just become completely immersed in a story. On the subject of movies and stories, that's what this is all about. Because in 2008, Iron Man hit theaters, 
and it changed cinema forever. A lot of us didn't know it at the time, but in an, in an era where there was no shortage of superhero movies, Iron Man was special. It wasn't just another Marvel movie. It was the first of an entire cinematic universe, a longer story. At the time of this recording, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the MCU, spans 32 feature films and TV shows, and they're all interconnected, and they show no signs of slowing down anytime soon. My name is Jacob Devlin, and this is episode zero of The Quantum Realm, where we're going to spend every episode trying to unpack all of this. So what can you expect? Each episode, at least one guest host and I will dive into the impact of a different installment of this ever-expanding timeline. We'll start with Iron Man, and then we'll move through all official chapters of the MCU in release order. We'll consider the key moments and the cultural impact of each project. We'll ponder the appeal of its central heroes, its villains, its side characters. And as the MCU expands, how well does each piece withstand the test of time and hold its place in the overarching experience? And ultimately, what do these characters mean to their adoring fans? So if you're a casual watcher of comic book movies, or maybe you've never tried to follow the story in release order, this is an excellent time to start from the beginning with me. As I said, Marvel Studios has released over 30 interconnected projects, with many more lined up in the future, many more just this year. While a lot of these can stand alone for the casual viewer, every project echoes somewhere further down the timeline, and it serves a larger purpose in the continuing story. Sometimes these echoes can be small, can be a recurring joke, a little nudge-nudge, wink-wink for the hardcore fans, but sometimes they're sowing the seeds for something really big, a global threat, or the introduction of a future character, or the death of a beloved character. If you're with me, I imagine you probably know this already. You might be a really big fan. But some of you might actually be new to this fandom, and I want to grant you the opportunity to have the same experience that a lot of us fans have had the first time we sat down to watch each of these movies. So for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to try to start from zero and do my very best not to jump ahead to the key moments that happen later. However, be advised that sometimes this is going to be hard to avoid. We're going to talk about the echoes. Avengers Endgame, for example, has threads of every single movie that comes before it. So it'll probably come up pretty often. Now, when it does, I'll be sure to put spoiler warnings in the episode description. So make sure to keep an eye on those. Every now and then, we're also going to take a brief multiversal detour, and I'm so excited for these. There are a number of existing movies and TV shows that feature characters from Marvel Comics, but they're not official Marvel Studios projects. For example, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man trilogy has a complicated relationship with MCU canon now. Even though you see that Marvel logo in the beginning of the movies, they came out of a very different studio that had the rights to Spider-Man before the MCU began. This is also the case with the X-Men franchise that started in 2000, and I have to talk about the X-Men because they're so baked into my identity. Now, there would come a day when Marvel Studios would be able to start using all these characters and more, but at the time of their release, these projects all stood apart, not to be intertwined. Over time, we're going to explore those rabbit holes anyway, among others, and some will be fun standalone adventures because why not? And the cool thing is that as Marvel Studios continues to expand their reach and acquire more properties, some of these detours may or may not have echoes in our journey anyway. And in fact, that has already started to happen. Now, there are probably 14,605 podcasts all dedicated to Marvel already. So why would I do this, and how is this going to be any different? I can't exactly promise that it will be different, and I'm certainly not an expert. I've read a few comic books, 
and I really enjoy them when I do. I just know that I'm a huge fan. And the thing is that every fan has a different story and a different reason why they love the MCU. For me, just one of those reasons is that I'm still filling up notebooks and Word docs. I'm not doing X-Men fanfiction anymore, not that the idea doesn't tease me sometimes, but as I create my own worlds and I play with the reality stone, I think it's fun to study how the Marvel stories fit together and how they stand alone, and ultimately how they make us feel. I know every time that I sit down in the theater and I have my popcorn and I mix in those M&Ms, have a cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper, nice and cold, ready to chase it all down, and then the lights come down. There's a rousing Marvel fanfare and a logo that's packed with all the characters. I still get chills, that adrenaline rush every time because I know that I'm in for something really special. An explosion of colors, a showdown of fantastic powers, and really awesome characters. And at the same time, these stories always deliver something very human. We can be awestruck by the God of Thunder, and at the same time, there's something kind of relatable about him, and something that makes us want to reach higher. Maybe that's why it feels like some of us are born knowing who a lot of these characters are. Sometimes when I go to a Comic-Con, my friends and I will play cosplay bingo. We put Deadpool in the center square, because it's an absolute certainty that we're going to see at least 50 Deadpools. But we'll also see a number of Spider-Men and Spider-Gwens and Loki variants, Captain Marvel, all the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I can just go on all day. People do this because there's something about the hero or the villain that lives within the human, something we're going to keep trying to unpack here in the quantum realm. And indeed, this journey is going to take us through every kind of emotion, from the deepest and darkest pits of grief to the highest peaks of wonder and everything in between. Such is the human experience. And for me, it's this human element that makes Marvel just so magical. These stories bring us hope and joy, and I think it's really important that we celebrate that. And in the process, we cultivate a little bit more of that ourselves. That's why we're doing the Quantum Realm. So get ready, because this podcast is going to take us through all of it, starting from minute one of Iron Man, which stars Robert Downey Jr. This is, of course, the movie and the hero that starts it all in 2008. Take the next couple of weeks to go and watch that movie, whether it'll be your first, fifth, or 3,000th time. I'm going to go rewatch this too, and then we'll come back together. I'll have my first guest with me, and I invite you to join us as we unpack the moments that would go on to spark a huge cultural phenomenon. As the timeline expands, we're going to talk to writers, friendly neighborhood cosplayers, comic enthusiasts, movie buffs, friends from work, and so on. We're all united by one thing. Somewhere along the line, we fell in love with the MCU. So go grab a buddy of your own and some popcorn, dump in that candy if you're like me, and go spread the word if you're ready to take this journey with us. Hit the follow button and watch for the Quantum Realm to drop soon wherever you find your podcasts. We'll see you soon. And until then, be well and happy watching. The Quantum Realm has no affiliation with Marvel Studios or any other branch of Marvel Entertainment. The opinions expressed by the participants are all theirs and do not reflect any companies or organizations they're connected to. Thank you so much for listening, and until the next time, be well.